Hello, everyone. My name is Meredith Atwood, and I'm the host of the Same 24 Hours podcast. But for today, this podcast is being led by Dana Lynn. She's my alter ego. She is a powerful, strong bodybuilder. (laughs) And if you think I've lost my mind, wait until you listen to this episode. Todd Herman is our guest today. He's the author of the book, The Alter Ego Effect. And we got down and dirty and talked about some awesome, awesome stuff and the power of taking and creating your alter ego to really transform your goals and the things that you're really wanting to become more resilient, more creative, more confident and courageous. Todd Herman has clocked over 18,000 hours working one-on-one with people from all backgrounds and circumstances to develop an impenetrable mindset. And through that, he created the alter ego effect method and wrote the book. And I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this podcast. I was right before we got started, I was like, okay, we'll go about 30 minutes. And 50 minutes later, I was dying that I couldn't have 10 hours with him. Because I really, just like I told him when we got offline, this idea of creating the alter ego of the person um, I want to be, right? The the person I want to become, the, the attributes that I want to have become, be a part of me. That's what I've been missing in so many parts of my life. Um, not that I've been missing them. And he, he would probably say, oh my God, you're languaging. No. Um, but so much of what I thought I knew and, and thought I understood about myself was really kind of a, a light was sh- was shined on it, shown on it, shined on it pretty intently today for me personally. So I just got off the call, the podcast with him, and I'm feeling really amped and I've ordered his book and I'm totally, <laughs> usually I read books before I interview people, but lately I've interviewed so many people I can't read all those books. So I'm reading a lot of books after, just like you will want to buy his book, The Alter Ego Effect, after you hear this podcast. So I will shut up now and introduce you to Todd Herman. Hi, and welcome to the Same 24 Hours Podcast. I'm Meredith Atwood, author of the book, The Year of No Nonsense. I'm a former attorney turned writer, speaker, and Ironman triathlete. Although right now, all I really like to do is lift weights. We all have the same 24 hours, but it's what we do in those hours that leads to our greatest health, happiness, and success. It's my goal to crack the code on a life of less nonsense so we can all make the most of our 24 hours. So let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Same 24 Hours podcast. I'm your host, Meredith Atwood. I'm very excited about our guest today. Todd Herman is here. Hello, Todd. How are you? Hello, Meredith. Great to be here. Um, awesome. always love jamming with people from the uh, sporting world-ish. <laughs> Ish, that's a great way to, to put it right now because that's that's kind of how I feel. I'm kind of at an ish point in it. So um, yeah, yeah. So what do you like to do? Do you like to do sports? Do you like to work out? Or is it just uh, you like um, to help people in the sporting industry? I, I never liked working out. Uh, so, you know, the first business that I started was the Peak Athlete, which you know, ended up, you know, I've worked with thousands of pro athletes and Olympians around the world and have had the chance to build out the, 
performance system for the Danish Olympic team, the South African Springboks, the Rangers, uh, New York Rangers, and you know lots of other teams and individuals. So that's always my first love. I was a you know college football player. I was a nationally ranked badminton player and played oh, lots wow. of sports. Oh yeah, there. Those are two sports that typically go hand in hand, right? Football and badminton. Right. That's um, what I was thinking. Like I, yeah, I'm an, I was a former Olympic style weightlifter and I did ballet. No, <laughs> I didn't do ballet. <laughs> My mom wanted me to be a ballerina. That's what it was. I knew it was wow. in there somewhere. I think, I think all of us are like some sort of form of potpourri, some odd little things <laughs> that we all come packed with. So that's amazing. Badminton. Okay. So I have to ask you, how did you pivot from like, there's a story there. Well, <laughs> I mean, the story was or is that I, so I grew up on a even though we live in New York City now and um, have lived all around the world, I grew up on a big farm and ranch in Western Canada, where I'm originally from. And when you live truly in the middle of nowhere, I mean, our nearest neighbor was two and a half kilometers or, you know, almost two miles away from us. Yeah. Uh, anytime there was a chance that I could play a sport, I would get involved. Didn't matter what it was. And I just loved sport. I loved competition. I was super competitive. And, you know, we just didn't have many options on our small school. You know, we had a school of 65 kids, kindergarten to grade nine in it. Um, five kids in my grade. We all went through it all together myself yeah. mark elaine um carol <laughs> i love and, it and brett so uh yeah so in badminton seemed to be a sport that a lot of us rural schools played that in volleyball and then when i got to high school that's when i couldn't wait to get there so i could play football but um yeah and got i was just it. you know and then i found out later as i got into working with people in the mindset and performance space because i did a huge we, we do while we do that, we also have a sports science study arm where we do lots of research and, and so that we can really kind of continue to craft our training programs to make them better. Uh, I did a study, I was just curious, I'm like, which sports de develop the most mentally tough athletes though? Where, where it's like high levels right. of mental and emotional resistance or um, uh, resiliency. And um, team sports always ranked the worst. And, mm. uh, and, and it's not that they're, they, they don't have the capability of being tough. It's that team sports are are typically laden with a lot of blame. Like, you know, think about the context of the drive home. You've got dad who says to son or mom who says to son or daughter or whatever, you know, Oh, I think you guys could have won today. If, uh, if Meredith was actually on her game, right? <laughs> right. Like what was Meredith was, if Meredith wouldn't have always fouled out in basketball. Totally. Oh, <laughs> her and her fouling out. So it uh there's a lot of more excuses that are made in team sports whereas an individual athlete whether it's tennis or golf it's you out there against the opponent or it's golfers it's you against the course so you you have to toughen up and uh so me playing badminton and a team sport it sort of really helped my own mental development yeah oh okay yeah, yeah i totally get that because like i was so i was in weightlifting and it's you and a barbell and weights that don't want to be moved. Right. Yeah, There's right. really not a lot of blame except, yeah. <laughs> you know, it was tough and I like to blame. Blaming is one of my major character traits. And so I had a hard time in weightlifting. Like I was much better in team sports where I was, um, you know, fouling yeah. out or someone else was to blame. Like Olympic weightlifting was tough for me because it was all on me. hundred <laughs> yeah, percent. So let's uh, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Anyways, it's, it's, but that, that, that particular sport, that wrestling, 
Um, a lot of combat sports develop high levels of mental resiliency. Yeah. Um, and then when you when you couple in things where if the sport is popular in your area and there's a lot more white hot light of performance and audience around you that you know it can either crumble some people or or sharpen them up so it's uh i love it so anyways it's good jamming with people who who appreciate sport as a mechanism to develop themselves yeah i mean i think it is such a great mechanism and like we were talking about offline i sort of found my way into this modern social media world through the sport of triathlon and it was like adult onset runner adult onset cyclist and coming to it as a mom of two young kids and busy with the day job and all of that and taking on a new sport and a new arena um, really did kind of throw me into this next stage of my life which is okay who am i (laughs) how can i become something different how do Mm. i harness this person inside of me who's like what a triathlete now that's really weird and i think that this ties nicely into your alter ego and how we can create something of an an alter ego of who we are when we step into a room or an arena or race course or a new classroom and so let's kind of jump into that and and talk about the alter ego effect like what is this so well it ties into kind of some of the story i was telling Uh, talking about so as i progressed into working with you know i started out working with teenage athletes and then became better and better at what i did and you know rose up to working with you know higher caliber athletes and after about five years of having my business in about 2003 um this golden thread started to reveal itself that was holding together the best of the best that i was working with the the ones when i say best of the best i mean the ones who are the most consistently performing to peak levels um, all the time. And it was that many of them would reference that they have this other persona that they step into, this other identity, this alter ego, um, this character. And immediately I was, most of the time I'd be like, oh, that's really cool, Meredith. I had one when I played football and badminton as well. And, and then I actually used one when I got into business to help me get past my insecurities about how young I was because I was only 21 when I started. And who's going to believe me? I don't have like, you know, six letters behind my name from all the degrees that I have and five best-selling <laughs> books. You know, we place all these rules in our minds as to, you know, we're only allowed to talk about something or pursue something when you know, task list of different credentials starts to stack up. Some people have that. And, um, and then this one lady I was preparing who played on or competed with the, uh, the U S Olympic swim team, just the way that she articulated her alter ego to me, I was like, wait a second, all these dominoes dropped in my head. And then I started, you know, really unpacking how everyone else was doing it, putting it into a process. And then I really got basically in the sporting world, I became known as the alter ego guy which is basically I shaped and built the alter egos for hundreds and thousands and thousands of athletes. Wow. And, um, and then that progressed into working with CEOs and leaders and, and really the alter ego itself is a co- extremely common tool that all of us use. Uh, we use it as kids when we would jump off the couch and pretend we're our favorite superhero. And then we would, would be in our front driveway pretending you're our favorite athlete. And what it does is it disassociates us from what you know, we think that we are our own limitations, you know, when we're seven years old and we're only this tall and we're only this strong or whatever, and we get to step into someone else's strengths. So it's mm. natural, we all do it. And what it's tapping into is really our main superpower, which is our creative imagination. It's the thing that most adults just do not harness, do not nurture anymore. 
And some of it's just, you know, the institutions that we got brought up in, into, like grow up, act your age. You know, um, you know, we start to develop our frontal lobe, even from like a um, biological standpoint, our frontal lobe starts to develop itself and our reasoning and judgment and higher thinking skills start to come in. And then we take that stuff and we judge what we did when we were seven. We're like, oh my God, was I ever childish? Like, what an <laughs> right. idiot. Can you believe I used to do that? And yet we start slowly moving and walking ourselves away from this real phenomenal superpower that we have, this imagination, this ability to reinvent ourselves. Because, you know, even the way that the language that you were using before where you said, you know, how do I use this person that's inside of me? And, um, and we use, you know, we're not perfect yet. Like we're not going to be perfect. And we still have very imperfect words and vocabulary uh, that we use to describe our existence here on earth. The idea of a you, there is no one you. There's many roles that you play in life, right? So there's no one you. I can't put you under a microscope and find the you inside. Mm. What we have is this uh, creative energy, this creative imagination that sits there where when harnessed and used properly, you can use it to reinvent and see yourself in a different stage or role and then custom build yourself to really go and win on that stage. And it's not you being inauthentic because again, there is no one you. Uh, so yeah. anyways, that's why the subtitle of the, the book is, you know, the power of secret identities to transform your life because it's the alter ego effect, not the alter ego method. I talk about the method inside, how to do it, but it's the effect of it. It's because it's, it's kind of counterintuitive. People go, wait a second, Todd, I have a hard enough time even just <laughs> figuring myself out. Now you're telling me to go build an alter ego. And, um, and that was actually a statement that someone else who interviewed me before uh, last year had said to me and then he said to his audience he's like and that was the ultimate thing that i learned was that because trying to find yourself is so difficult using and employing this idea of the alter ego allowed me to do the exact thing that i needed most to go and do because as you sort of play through the idea of something that inspires you you actually get to really find and discover yourself you're no longer you know shackled to these ideas and these paradigms of who you are, what you can do, your own narrative, your own traumas, your own stories that you got about what you can and can't do, and allows you to really be and live a lot more freely. Wow, wow. Yeah. But Todd, that feels really scary. So like my alter ego, um, she is a bodybuilder and she wears a sparkly diamond bikini on a stage and <laughs> in front of people. Yeah real me really likes peanut butter and bread yeah. and <laughs> snacks and all, you know, I, I have these alter egos that float around, but I have not harnessed them. And that's why I was so interested to talk to you. And I'm going to need to dive into your book because I know exactly what you mean. Like I have fleeting moments when I'm like in the gym and I'm doing bicep curls and like, yeah. she's there. Right. And then, so I, and I've tapped into her before in certain situations. And I, I mean, I know the effect. I think maybe I've touched on the effect of it. Yeah. Or I don't know, maybe you can tell me more, but I, I want to dive a little bit deeper. Take, take me through like this fuzzy bodybuilder alter ego feeling or effect that mm -hmm. I have about what I want to do and who I want to be and how I could actually harness that for the next level. 
Yeah. So when you say the next level, are you talking about like a different doing a stage show? Like I want to do this. This has been a lifelong dream of mine ever since I saw a bodybuilding competition when I was like seven years old. I was like, these people are crazy. This is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. And it stayed with me through all stages of my life that I want to do that one day, like not like full time, but like, it's a thing, you know, on my list. And so I've done like the triathlon and I've done the weightlifting. I've done all these other sports and I've accomplished like random athletic goals. This is different because it's not like a competition in a way like, oh, go train, get stronger. It's like, oh, quit putting food in your mouth, (laughs) get leaner and get stronger. And so it's like this weird um, goal I have that I can't, or I haven't quite harnessed yet because I'm not, Yeah. I don't know. I haven't made it real enough or possible enough. And so I think anyway, does that, is that enough information? Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. I mean, um, even just the way that you were describing it, uh, you've, you've sort of, if I was doing a coaching session with you, yeah, yeah, yeah. you really latched yourself Meredith onto this one super ego that you think is you. So you said like, but really the, you said the real me loves peanut butter and loves right. bread, right? Yeah. You know, and we know that it's, that, that, that isn't true because no one is born craving a food item un, or a craving something unless they came through some sort of fetal alcohol syndrome type thing. Okay. So yeah, yeah. that didn't happen. Um, and so that's how we know that that's not a true statement because we didn't come out that way, baked that way. Um, and now, whether that's your own resistance going, yeah, but Todd, I really like, and it's okay to admit it. Like, <laughs> I, there's a lot of things. I really like root beer. I'm like, I'm widely known as being like a root beer aficionado. Yeah. Um, but I don't really make, I'm not, you know, I could, I could allow people to call me the root beer guy, but I wouldn't take it on as like an, an identity because the moment right. we attach a label to ourselves, that's where all of a sudden we make things very difficult to change. Mm. No, no, because people want to argue for things. No, but, no, but you don't get it, Todd. I grew up here and now all of the story that's written about what it means to grow up there is stuff that people don't want to let go of. Mm. And so the pursuit or the change that they want to make is going to be like just rubbing up against amazing amounts of friction because somehow that story works for them in some ways. So um, I'll give you an example with me. So, you know, working with high-performing elite people in sport every day and working with elite CEOs and public figures. And he's like, I work with people in Hollywood and you name it. And then we've got training and I'm CEO of my own company. And, and, and when I'm working with people, I'm not the, like I'm a kind person, but I don't coddle people because at the end of the day, Meredith, you're bringing me your goals, right? Your, your desires for things and the nature of any sort of, climb towards a goal that goal is is if you knew how to go and do it you would probably go and do it on your own that's a task a goal is very different like achieving something that's hard is very different and by nature the way that i look at my role that i have with people is i will the moment you tell me and we commit to taking action towards a goal i will drag you up the hill by the back of your freaking neck (laughs) to get you up there because we're going to be fighting not against the mountain. We're going to be fighting against your own resistance towards the changes that you need to make more than anything else. Cause it's yeah. not the thing that's hard. It's actually the person that's hard. Um, and so think about that. So I'm spending eight to 10 hours of my day, just like challenging people and, you know, doing all that. So I'm flexing a muscle of how I'm showing up every day. Right. So mm-hmm. I'm flexing this way that I am in that 
to help me win in that role, in that field, okay? That's what I've decided how I'm gonna show up. But is that really me? Is that really all of who Todd Herman is? And right. the answer is no. That's not everything that I am because there's many other sides of myself that um, I can bring out in different areas of my life. So when I walk out the office door and then I go into the world of my three little kids, which are all seven and younger, do I wanna bring the challenging, hardcore, Todd to them is that gonna win most likely not you know right. but I'd like to be more patient and kind and fun loving and creative and imaginative with them um, and so because I know how habitual human beings are it'd be so easy for me to slip out of the person that I most want to be out there with them so mm. then I go okay well I'm gonna create an alter ego for myself um, which is really just a model in your own mind it's an image because 70% of our brains dedicated to the visual cortex, right? So the visual side. So an alter ego simply taps into this visual side. I've got a model and a picture in my own head of like who and what I'd most like to be like. Um, and that's because I like their traits. And so the person or persons really that make up my alter ego as a dad is Mr. Rogers and my own dad. Because mm. when I think of patience and kindness and the right. traits that I'd want to be as a great dad out there, which is polar opposite to the challenger guy over here, <laughs> um, is Mr. Rogers. Yes. And so that's always in the back of my mind is, am I honoring that person that I want to be out there? And what happens is just like me flexing the muscle over here of always showing up as a challenger in sport me showing up and flexing the muscle all the time of being like kind and patient and fun and you know removing all your ego from the equation as a good parent like that's a big part of success is removing your ego out of equations um so that all of your traits and capabilities can come out of you so in that context you might not have just like clearly defined exactly the reason why that bodybuilder alter ego is there it wants you to discuss, mm. but what are the traits? Like, how does that person show up out there? Yeah, I mean, that's such interesting, interesting points. So like as growing up as a fat kid, right? So here you're gonna get like the labels, the story, the, you know, food was, I didn't have enough food. I snuck food. I've always been on a diet. I was a weightlifter. I was strong, I was lean. Then I got really big. Like there's all sorts of stories. Mm -hmm. And, and that has been like the story of who I am, right? Even though it's not who I am, it's just like, you know, totally. the gravitational pull of the earth on me, right? Good like, time. let's be real. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't until like maybe five, 10 years ago that I started to kind of distance myself from, okay, you're not what you eat. <laughs> you're actually yeah. not even your body, but yeah. you know, yeah. that's, and that's a lot of women I coach and women in my world. That's our struggle is separating ourselves from our body but also being in our body right because that's mm -hmm. what awareness requires and so it's like this crazy what do i do yeah. with this um so this the bodybuilder alter ego for me is the antithesis of what i have perceived myself to be right so she's like yeah. not me so i want to be her because she's not me and i think that's the closest and thing even though is. i'm and, and yet she is because i'm very strong and i you know i I have attributes. <laughs> you could have never come up with the idea of creating and birthing that alter ego if you didn't see it within, right? Like that's why right. that's why stories and that's why stories or like you know novels or or movies or television is so um, 
you know, not addicting, but enticing to the brain. Because when you're watching Luke Skywalker on the big screen, it's not like you're completely relating to like what it's like to be raised on a farm in Mos Eisley on a planet far, far away. But it's the it's like you can you can you can relate to the like feeling like you're a little bit out of place because he was being raised by his aunt and uncle. Like there's all these other like story elements that are there, right? And um, and so it's the same when you find a model or an image of someone or something else that you just resonate with, like mm-hmm. you know, whether it would be like Oprah or Beyonce or uh, you know Daniel Day Lewis or yes, all of them. All of those. <laughs> I'll things. take all like, of them. Yeah. <laughs> like, but what is it about them? And so then you go one yeah. next, you go one level deeper, and you go, it's something I want to look like that person because that's that's the surface level thing. It's the what are the traits mm. or the qualities that that person's bringing into their moments of impact? I talk about moments of impact. And right. What are they bringing? How are they showing up that you just resonate with? It's like George yeah. Clooney, like to many guys is like, uh, he's like, a, he, you know, he's a jokester. He's fun. You know, I mean, you know, the rich and the good looking helps, of course. But right. it's like beyond those things, it's it's his attitude about things that someone might be resonating with it's like you know me when i started doing a lot more media and like you know international shows and you know being on the today show or good morning americas and things like that i was like you know because i'm a real like serious science nerd like that's what i like but i know that those shows are really about levity right like that's Mm -hmm. what the crowd wants so how could i find another character within that i could bring to help sort of flex that new way of me playing over in that world and my inspiration there was um ryan reynolds and hugh jackman yeah i like the way that both of them are you know just like fun and easy and and so that influenced a lot of the ways that i do interviews is like in that world was was yeah now is that am i trying to be a fake hugh jackman no it's that i'm looking at him like oh i just i just like the kind of his you know um his body language and his like you know, laughter and his like, you know, smile and these things. And I can do all those things. And it's not me being fake, but it's, it's, it's being very intentional about the roles or the areas of your life that you are really important to you Mm -hmm. and not falling into this trap of thinking, oh, but that's not me. No, no, that just hasn't been the way that you've been showing up, but you can show up there. You can, because we, the one thing to, to really honor and, and understand about this idea is that you have all these capabilities. You have access to all these traits. They're all there. It's just right. that again, we can we continuously act through the same story, narrative, and habit of this person that we and others call Meredith. But that's <laughs> not who I am. That's why, like, right. you know, it's, it's fascinating talking to like people that are coming really out of your world where you do talk to so many women who are probably moms, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you talk about uh, uh a group of people who get trapped and get very frustrated with the pervasive narrative. They're like, this isn't all, all that I am. You know, like the, the arguments in the home, right? Between I think the- I just had that argument with my husband like 27 minutes ago before we got on. I was like, I'm not a stay-at-home mom. Exactly, right? <laughs> He's like, don't you have a podcast? <laughs> yeah, totally. You're talking, right. you're speaking the language now, yeah. So if all those things exist, like if all those problems are existing, and people have been trying and using different tools and yet they're not overcoming them, maybe we should just stop for a second and we go, what were the things that we did when we weren't shackled to these issues before? Because five-year-olds don't think this way. 
six-year-olds mm. don't think this way a lot of it is because of just the you know the brain's structure at the time there's no real sense of like you know other people there's me it's just me and my world at that age and they'll reinvent themselves they'll still they'll, they'll get caught in a playfulness um unless a parent comes in and breaks that so i'm more interested in that world and how yeah. can we be leveraging things that we already know exist because we've already used them because every person that's listening has already used an alter ego it's an undeniable truth of every human being on the planet because it's baked into how our psychological you know structures work and um and i'm like well how can i use that now and you have to go and tell everyone what your alter ego is i mean mm -hmm. again like i'm the you know the global expert on it and so i don't care if other people know about my alter egos because it doesn't bother me in any way right but there's a great you know the uh, or the uh, singer halsey yeah so Halsey's had a, quite a few very famous interviews done lately where she talked about, and I, I forget what her, her given name is. I'll call it, I'll just say it's Ashley. Um, but she said, you know, like Ashley could have never done what Halsey has done. Mm -hmm. Ashley just had too many insecurities. She had too many hangups. She had too many traumas and stories about who she was and what she could do, but Halsey could. Because Halsey mm. wasn't shackled to any of that stuff. And so is that her being fake? No. Because all of the desires and the like creativeness was living within this human being. But the current, you know, veneer or, yeah. you know, identity. Story, yeah. The current. Wasn't going to make it yeah. happen. And right. so she invented someone new. Lady Gaga talks about it as well. About how there was just one day when she was in high school where you know, just she got so tired of the bullying and everyone telling her that she couldn't be something that she created Lady Gaga because Stephanie was starting to take on too much of that narrative and 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 the and the candle was starting to be dimmed out. And so she, you know, really invented Lady Gaga that way. Yeah, well, this is really yeah. everyone understands it from like a performer standpoint, but don't get caught up in thinking that, OK, well, I get it over there. But me as a mom, no, 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 like you can in, you can reinvent that identity there, too. It's no different. Yeah. And so like to, to kind of circle back to the bodybuilder yeah. idea, like the qualities in the bodybuilder per persona, alter ego, I guess that I'm going to be working on creating now <laughs> um, are like the fact that she, this, she doesn't struggle with food. She makes disciplined choices. She's not embarrassed of being in a bikini on a stage, a really small, tiny no. bikini on a stage. Doesn't matter the lighting. Like it's, that's the stuff. And I have never connected that until talking to you just now beautiful and that's freaking huge because i knew i wanted it but but you're right it is the attributes it's the traits in those people that yeah. we're after yeah. and that makes it so attractive because, and so and like yeah. there is this there is this performer within you like some people mm -hmm. get caught up in it like yeah, but you know what i'm not really someone who likes to show off or whatever i'm like you're not don't shun that side of you there is a side of you and the crazy oh, thing yeah. is when you actually go and you start to shine a light on what would be considered the shadow side of you, the, the side of you that you always push away and you go, oh, you know, these people who show off all the time, that's the person, that's the thing that if you went and you embraced it even more. Yeah. Because it's not, because what you don't, what someone doesn't like is maybe the way that they're using the showing off to maybe uh, consume some sort of, you know, self ego type thing. But if you did it, you wouldn't do it that same way. You right. would use it in a positive way 
most likely, right? And so your biggest wins in life are when you actually go and you pursue the shadow side. In fact, Joseph Campbell, who wrote The Hero's Journey and mm -hmm. you know, very famous mythologist and one of my heroes, um, his most famous quote, which some people would be maybe familiar with the quote, which is follow your bliss. Okay. I don't know if you've ever right. heard of that term, follow your bliss. People talk about it. It's actually a misquote. That's not actually fully. He did say that, but in the grander context of what he said is follow your blisters because in your blisters, you'll find your bliss. And you as a bodybuilder mm. can understand this, right? Because you can't lift heavy weights without getting blisters. And so if right. you're scared of blisters, you'll never lift heavy weights. And then you'll never be someone that's truly as valuable as you could be. So always seek out the blisters. Always seek out the blisters. Always seek out the shadow sides. Always do the hard stuff. Lift the heavy things because the version of you that's on the other side of that is just unbelievable. Yeah. And, and it's interesting when you you know, you started talking about when we were kids and we would jump on the sofa and have, so when I was a kid, I would stand on, you know, whatever chair and I would sing the musical Annie at the top of my lungs. I was like going to sing. And then of course I turned whatever age and I was told you actually can't sing like at all. <laughs> and that is not mean that is fact toned up hundred percent. But the, the element that, that you mentioned is the performer. And I love to, I love acting. Yeah. I love talking in public. I love podcasting, you know? Yeah. And, and so that part of the bodybuilder, there is that performance, right? And so I'm like, oh, you know, so th yeah. this is awesome. This has been, I mean, thank you for helping me today. <laughs> I hope well, the audience. <laughs> but those are the best things because when you get insights like that, other people yeah. can be more invited into that, you know, maybe psychological journey that you went through and they go, oh man, I get it now too. Cause even though we're talking about something specific to you, someone else. Well, they've watched me too. Cause this has been on my, you know, on yeah. the Insta, like, oh, you know, I've been chasing this for a while and I'm like, ah, maybe next Christmas, you know? So and I've, I've spoken it. You know, and then the next step for you and I talk about in the book is it's such an important part is you gotta get the name. You gotta, <sighs> you gotta name Namer. You Let's name, name her before you go. Do I have to come up with this name? Help me come up with a good name. Well, I, can't. I mean, you know, you <laughs> we go, should get votes from the audience. <laughs> there's so many different ways to go about it, right? Like, so you take, um, uh, you you take the the simple identity, and then you mm -hmm. add afterwards. So it's like you know, bodybuilder Meredith. So that's a very basic way of going about it. I used when I got into business my alter ego that I used because I was so insecure and mine was a composite of three people. I was bringing three sort of, you know, heroes of mine together. One was Benjamin Franklin. I loved his reinvention. How, you know, if you look at, you know, we would walk by the library in, um, uh, in New York and there's a, a, a monument to Benjamin Franklin and underneath it was like philosopher, writer, statesman, entrepreneur, like all the cap, like all these things. And I'm like, isn't that amazing? Everyone else is so caught up in trying to be told that they're one thing. And here's a man who didn't subscribe to that. So I loved his reinvention. So Benjamin Franklin, Joseph Campbell was my other, which was like just his intellectual quotient, like his ability to unpack just phenomenally complex myths around the world and package them up into a usable form for all of us. And I wanted to be able to do that just intellectually, like break big things down into simple concepts. And then the third one was Superman. Because the one mm. thing I didn't have was confidence and I didn't have a take action attitude. I was so caught up in sitting on the couch and overthinking everything and not doing anything. So the simple way that I came up with the name was my first name is actually Richard, 
So it's Richard Todd Herman. I've always gone by Todd. My, that's all my family's ever called me. Um, so my, my name that I gave myself when I would show up in business was Super Richard. Todd was just too insecure. That guy was just yeah. too insecure and just lacked confidence. But Super Richard could, could do it. He didn't care about what other people were thinking. He didn't care about his age. He cared about just getting out there and trying to serve other people. And, um, and then I got a pair of glasses, you know, my non-prescription glasses that I wear. And, yeah. you know, Superman puts on the glasses to become Clark Kent. Mine was the reverse. I, that was my cape was putting on the glasses. Uh -huh. And that's when, and then what happens is after a while you create these, you know, physiological associations and just the arms of the glasses going over my ears was like an on off switch. That's what I eventually turned it into is like, there's an on off switch right here where super yeah. Richard lives and gets to like get <laughs> shut down. And as soon as those, those glasses, that's when super Richard would take over. And he, he literally couldn't think the thoughts. The moment that I caught myself falling out of being, because again, if you're really playing this up, Meredith, you're really honoring this idea of this, these, these identities that you've got inside of you. If I was truly embodying the characteristics of these three heroes of mine, they could never have even the thought that they were, that they were not accomplished enough to go and do this. They couldn't even mm -hmm. think that thought. And so the moment that that thought came in, I knew that Todd had somehow snuck in. So I take <laughs> off the glasses. Oh, okay. And it was, and it was a re it was a reset. <clears throat> And then even just that little moment, I could put the glasses back on. It was just that habitual wow. nature. And so it's the thing, same thing we do with athletes. I'm like, you know, again, I'm working with people who sometimes they're competing for, you know, this from the Olympic side of things. Oh, yeah, you're doing a lot of competitions, but ultimately you're trying to get to that one place where you're competing in the Olympics, right? Every four years, not easy. Um, and you're only getting the two day window to compete. And so when that, you know, downhill alpine skier has got his skis point down the side of a slope where it's not the best conditions that day. Right. There can't be seeds of doubt in there. There can't be like thoughts of like, did I prepare properly? It's like, no, 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 we're, it's game on time. Right. Um, so anyway, super Richard. So for you, it's, you can put the word, like and put like an adjective in front of your first name or. No, she's got to have our own name. Like, do you ever, um, do you, do you recommend naming your your alter ego after celebrities or is that bad no. in case the celebrity like falls apart and you're like oh no no not, not, not necessarily yeah like okay. so um uh there's geez i don't even know how many people really use celebrities in their naming because like, i would say like dana lynn bailey she was like the first miss olympia i love her youtube channel she's super fun I love yeah. her, like everything about her. If yeah. I was going, you know, so like she's the first one that popped in the head in my head and I like her name, Dana Lynn. That's kind of like a wink yeah. to my Southern roots, you know? So I mean, that would, that so would be my first thought. That might thought. be just your name. You just go with Dana, Dana Lynn. Because imagine if Dana Lynn was truly, you know, like grabbing the steering wheel of like how you were acting and behaving. Like, tr like when you really yeah. embrace the idea, because kids do this, they embrace the idea. Like you could talk to their kid, you're like, I don't know what um, uh, when your kids were younger, but like the the uh, cartoon that's the biggest nowadays is Paw Patrol. Okay, so for like oh, yeah. kids, Paw Patrol's everywhere. And so um, my my little boy Charlie, who's almost four, he came by and he was dressed up as uh, Chase, which is one of the pups on Paw Patrol. And I was like, Charlie, you look like Chase. And he said, I'm not Charlie, I'm Chase. So I, like, <laughs> like you get that. So it's the same thing. Like, you know, I'm Dana. Like in that, you're Dana Lynn. Yeah. Um, some Poor people. Dana Lynn. She's going to be like, oh my God, what has happened here? 
<laughs> it was. I would say like a really popular one that people use is uh, it's not the only one, but it's easy to use comic book characters because they're already a known quantity. It's not like mm-hmm. Wonder Woman can't go off the rails because she's a scripted character. George Clooney could go off the rails, right? Yeah. But Wonder right. Woman's probably not going to start getting into meth and you know all that kind of stuff. <laughs> right. Right. So, so a lot of a lot of women will use Wonder Woman, but it's it's amazing. I had this lady came up to me at an event that I spoke at last year. Um, actually, now a year and a bit ago, because last year there wasn't any live events to go and speak. At. <laughs> right. <laughs> but um, she came up to me and she said. Hey Todd, I just want to introduce myself. Um, want to let you know I read your Alter Ego Effect book and saw a couple of your videos and interviews online. And just want to let you know that um, I lost 36 pounds in two months. Um, and I've never worked out in my life. Like I didn't go into a gym before this. She's like, some of this is a little bit unbelievable to me because I did what you said and I basically built a part of me that loved working out and it worked but I can't even explain it to myself. And I'm like, sometimes we don't need to ask why we just sort of enjoy the fruits of the labor that you did. But she's like, it's just so crazy. Like I built out an athlete in my head who just loves working out. She yeah. loved waking up early. She loved eating right. And and now, now and it actually translated into this um, new speaking career for her where it was taking off. And then not but seven minutes later, another lady came up and she had lost 65 pounds in three and a half months. Wow. And, and I was like, think about this. Like if you, if you, if you're, if you really embrace an identity and the identity isn't, let's just say fat. Okay. It just isn't fat yeah. anymore. Wouldn't it make sense that the body would have to like almost melt it off? Right. Ways? Now I'm not yes. giving people magic bullets or anything. Like I'm not. Yes. In theory. I, yes. A hundred percent. It sense that yeah. like if, if the entire way that you see yourself changes, <laughs> wouldn't the entire way that like your body will relate to itself then change too. And I've just seen it happen for, you know, well, and I can bridge this gap with sobriety cause I'm five years sober and mm-hmm. I, I had all sorts of qu- trying to quit up until that point. But on the day I decided, I decided I was a person who I, I no longer drank. I was like, I do not drink. And you know, a lot of AA and stuff is like one day at a time. You can't know what tomorrow will bring. And it's like this question, but for me, when people ask me like, what's the key to your sobriety? I'm like, I'm a person who doesn't drink yeah. period. So it's not like I hadn't, I probably could have adopted an alter ego. Like, well, actually I called myself sober Sally for a really long time. There you go. That's yeah. what I mean. It's like, there's so many stories and examples of people for even forgetting that they've used yeah, elements of it, maybe not the entire method that I unpack on how to do it in a powerful way, but like, it's an intuitive thing. Like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I didn't invent alter egos. They've been around. Cicero was the one who coined the phrase back in 44 BC. I didn't invent alter egos. I just sort of put two and two and all these puzzle pieces together because I was fortunate enough to be working in 76 different sports amongst all the different elites. And so if you were caught in just one sport, maybe you wouldn't see it, but but by being able to like work with a bathlete and volleyball player and table tennis. I mean, I exploded in Italy because one of my clients who didn't didn't work in the one-on-one, he took an online program of mine um, won the national championship in Italy. And then in an Italian interview, he mentioned my name. And then all of a sudden I saw all this traffic coming to us from Italy. I'm like, what the heck's going on? What has happened? (laughs) But that was, it It was like, just, I just saw, I was able to be at least distanced away from one sport. And there was many sports. I can just see, wait a second, there's a real thing that's here. And then, um, 
yeah, like even George Costanza, Jason Alexander, him and I, we were sitting next to each other on a flight and he saw my book in my, in my book page. He's like, oh, what's that? He's like, that's an interesting book. And I said, well, it's, it's my book. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, and we talked for five hours just about oh my gosh, how stop. he used an alter ego when he was going into um, auditions early on because his entire image of what a leading man one was, which was Rock Hudson and, um, you know, you know, Cary Grant and all these debonair tall men that are good looking. And here I am, you know, like five mm. foot six and, you know, I'm not that. But he's like, when I went oh. in there, I was. I walked in as Rock Hudson and Cary Grant. Like that's And then he's George Costanza, which is like that character. But that like, character. It, yeah. Oh, my but gosh. It's, uh, it's cool. So. Wow. And, and it's interesting, too, that, you know, you raise the point that we can probably all think of a time like just when I brought up the sober Sally thing, like I had not, you know, figured I had an alter ego, but clearly I did. I was just like, no, I'm just that person. I don't, you know, I don't drink yeah. anymore. And so I think we can all maybe think and harness like, okay, yeah, I remember that one time when I, you yeah. know, hit this dream or hit this goal. And so have you found that that helps to kind of help you find that power if you're like i can't do this i don't have an altar i can't come up with this and you're like no remember a time when you accomplished something big and where were you then does yeah. that help or is it better to just kind of look forward here's the answer truth is like the center of town there's many streets and avenues and ways to get there and alter yeah. ego is the same way like there's so many different ways to back into it there's no one right way no wrong way yeah i put together a method which sort of like allows you to you know um, I sort of step your way through it. But even in the book, as soon as you get to chapter four, I say, you know, after I've sort of set the whole precedent of like why this is so powerful and tell you stories of, you know, even the science behind how it all works. Chapter four and on is a choose your own adventure. Hey, if you want to skip ahead to chapter, you know, oh, 13 and, and pick your own name, go right ahead. If you want to, if you want to, because uh, I talk, talk about naming the enemy, you know, like when that voice shows up that tells you that you can't do it, give it a name, give it a face, talk oh. back to it. Because it's and that's super, also not you. That's important to remember too, it's right? Not you. It's that's not, not you. you either. It's a yeah. it's a part of you, you know. In some ways, just like many things are a part of us, but it's not the definition of what I am. And sometimes it's just there to like challenge you, to just see how convicted you are with this process. How tough are you? How resilient are you? Because I'm going to show up and just throw a couple little, you know, pebbles in your shoes to make it difficult for you. So I'm um, uh, but to your point. There is a method I actually talk about in the book where if you broke your life down into three year increments, zero to three, you know, um, four to six and seven to nine and on and on. If you went and really cataloged all the growth, all the wins, all the things that you learned, understood, experiences that you had that made you better. If you went and cataloged in each group of those three years, you're going to have this, what, what I call, it's like stacking confidence chips. Like if you and I are at the poker table mm. and you're playing and you have like this that. huge stack of poker chips and I've got a small, small stack, who's going to play bigger? Who's going to like, you know, if you lose, you know, a hand or something like that, who's going to whine and cry at the table or who's going to play smaller? Well, the reality is most of us have a huge stack of poker chips, but we haven't unpacked them. They're not in front of us. So we need to get them out there. We need to see them. And uh, that's why, like for me, when I, start working with clients, I, I send them a poker chip and just as a reminder, oh. as a little totem or an artifact to put it on their desk. It's like, you know, don't forget, like, and, and when you've got more poker chips, you're going to play with more confidence. You're going to see that there's, there's a lot more to your story than just the, sim the, the simple same shit that you got rolling around in your head all the time about what you can't do and the doubts yeah. that you have. 
yeah, but Todd, I've been, I've been a mom for 13 years, or I've been out of the game for 14 years, or you haven't been out of the game. You've been in the friggin' game. I don't know. The most difficult thing probably I've ever done is raise children. <laughs> like for this, sure. <laughs> like it's been insane. Um, and yeah. so you're not out of the game. You might be out of the normal social cultural game <laughs> people like add think you know who we stack and add value to but it's right. that's that is not true by any stretch of imagination oh my gosh so much good here so much you i am jazzed i am so excited and i talked to a lot of interesting people but this psst, this oh, is the, my favorite in a long time number one I mean, <laughs> number one podcast <laughs> number one podcast interview um i was like we'll only go 30 minutes and here we are like 50 minutes later so um all right the alter ego effect is your book everyone go out and buy it um i assume all the outlets that sell the books right you can you can get it everywhere and i'll give you this one too here um make sure you get me your address because so on the one year anniversary of my book coming out i uh i launched another book which is called my super me which is <gasps> a kid's book a kid's book and it's geared yes. towards you know, four to eight year olds. And it's called my super me finding the courage for tough stuff. And it was all written because my, my one daughter had a bullying experience when she was in kindergarten. And, uh, and we built an alter ego for her to go run in this track and field race because the boys were telling her that she was a girl and she shouldn't compete and all this. And so we build out super chase or mighty chase. And, um, I even have the video up on Facebook and Instagram of her FaceTiming me right afterwards letting me know with her headband on because I bought her a headband. And yeah. Headband oh, was my like gosh. Infused with Chase's traits. And um, and even her, she corrected me. I'm like, you know, Chase won. You, she told me that she won the race and she beat them. And she's like, no, Mighty Chase won the race. So it wasn't even her. Mighty Chase won it. <laughs> uh, so anyways, my super me. And uh, it's been awesome. Like the the seeing people read it. And uh, I just got a text message from a friend who a friend of his, he gave the book to, and his son was having a really hard time at school and, uh, was starting to like sort of shrink away from a friend network and, and just reading the book, he found this kind of other gear inside and, you know, created a little mini alter ego for himself. And, and now he's like reengaged in school and liking it again. And yeah. So anyway, this is such great stuff. I mean, oh my goodness. I love it. I love it so much. Thank you so much. Super Richard. Todd Herman. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Loved it. Thank you for joining me on this episode of The Same 24 Hours. Remember to rate, review, and share this podcast. It really matters. I appreciate it. See you next time.